0: seemed like if, if the town was going to step up and help do this, then the town
1: should own the network. Hi, and welcome again to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. Richard Bates, town manager of Rockport, Maine, joins Chris to discuss the state's first municipal fiber network. An established media art school in this harbor town needed high-capacity connectivity, a rarity in a town of less than 4,000 people. Town leaders saw a partnership opportunity to give the college the connectivity it needed while simultaneously creating an economic development tool. This project is small compared to many other networks we examine, but it underscores the fact that each town is unique and should have the freedom to do what it takes to meet its needs. Here are Chris and Richard.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Today, we're speaking with Richard Bates, the town manager of Rockport, Maine, the first municipal network in Maine. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here.
2: I'm excited to have you on the show and to talk about Maine. I've been up there a number of times. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Rockport?
0: Rockport's a beautiful little community kind of nestled between Um, Camden and Rockland on Route 1. And um, one of my goals in being here was to get us known as more than that quaint little village that's between Camden and Rockland on Route 1 while people are driving to Acadia and to to bring some attention to this beautiful place and and some um, jobs and economic development and diversity to the community.
2: And about how many people are in Rockport?
0: About 3,300.
2: And I'm guessing they don't all live right along that section of Route 1 that so many of us are familiar with.
0: No, no, they don't. And there's <laughs> a lot more. We're worth the turn. Make the turn and come into the village or make the turn and go out into the the rural areas. We're, it, we're worth the turn. But people are so focused with getting to Camden or getting to Acadia National Park that... It just kind of breeze by us. It's a beautiful place.
2: Well, I can say that I will make the turn next time I go through there. I've stopped in a number of the towns, and I'll, frankly, I've never been disappointed. But let me, let me ask you, what's the Internet access situation throughout town? Uh, How is that working out for everyone in Rockport?
0: The system that we've installed is a very, very small system, and it's all, it serves a very small portion of the total population. At this point, you know, it's the pretty standard uh, access, which is, you know, it's okay for the normal homeowner um, to be able to download Netflix or Hulu or, you know, do some of the gaming stuff online. Um, it's, it's probably okay for that. But for any business that's data-driven and, and information-driven and uh, needs Internet access, that, that those speeds are way too slow.
2: Let me ask you, do you have a, a fair amount of those sort of businesses that are maybe coming out of the Boston area and are looking for a different kind of quality of life that are interested in moving to Rockport but have, haven't really been able to do that because of the Internet access?
0: Uh, n- n- no, we have not, and that's why we did this, is that my belief is that those people are all about place, they you know they they love the work that they do and they do that work but they they need to be in a place they want to be in a place that's creative and beautiful and it's a, it, they're about place but they also need that high speed internet access they need to be able to access the internet at really high rates of speed and you know the idea was that if we could drive that kind of potential access here plus the the fact that we have a reasonably good airport in 15, 15 minutes away and a hospital in town, we have a pretty cool place. And if you need to be in Boston, you could be in Boston uh, 55 minutes by by plane. You can be in New York for a lunch meeting if you had to.
2: Now you made a sort of modest comment, saying that that you haven't gone very far. I don't, I don't exactly remember the, the, your exact words, but uh, let me just pause to to remind everyone that a lot of really impressive municipal networks started off modestly with a uh, with a few investments. Let's just take a step back, and then you can tell us what you've done.
0: Yeah, they basically, it was driven by um, a need of one particular business. Was the kind of the. The seed that, that started the whole thing going, we have locally um, one of the things Rockport has going for it is we have a lot of experiential learning um, opportunities here, and one of them is main media college and workshops, which is um, it's been in existence for I believe forty years. They were all, it was all photography back forty years ago, and as things changed, everything's become more digital. And so the work that they're doing um, requires a lot more bandwidth and a lot more um, digital transfer of information. So they were k- kind of hamstrung at, at, with how fast or how big they could get or the services that they could pro- provide for students, um, plus the fact that back you know, 20 years ago when computers and all that, people ha- first started having Internet access, the school basically provided a computer terminal. For for students to work at. Today, the students come with their own laptop, their own tablet and smartphone. So there's three different places that people are trying to access the internet. Um, And they, you know, they'll have 100 students there. The driver was that they needed to be able to be competitive. They needed to be you know, have high, really high speed access that only really fiber could provide. The, the thought was, how do we get it to them? And then as we started talking about how to how to best do this, it just seemed like if if the town was going to step up and help do this, then the town should own the network.
2: If I understood correctly, the original plan was Maine Media College was going to put in a a significant amount of money, and then the town uh, was asked to match it. Was that what happened before or after, as you're describing this process?
0: It's a very complex formula. Maine Media College put in um, some cash. It was uh, the state research and education network uh, put in some money, and then they also diverted money instead of the normal fee that Maine Media College would be paying Maine REN to uh, access the system. They converted that back into money to help pay for the um, installation of the fiber. And then the town basically matched that, um, that total amount. So that brought it up to 60000 And then um, GWI um, came in and they were the project managers and they basically did all the engineering and pole licensing and all the attachment stuff and all of those pieces. So they have an investment in kind uh, that we owe them. We owe them back in Internet, you know, and access fees. Basically, they have an account with us mm-hmm. or we have an account with them. So we'll be paying, basically paying them back by not charging them for X number of years for for user fees for accessing the internet.
2: So over time, GWI, this local ISP, um, mm-hmm. in the initial years, they won't be paying any sort of rent, basically. But then over time, as they pay off or as you pay off <laughs> uh, the debt, then uh, then they will start paying rent after that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's it's, it's right now um, it's fourteen dollars per user per month. Mm-hmm so um, depending on how many users we get you know we get online, the current just the current line that we put in only it really only has 70 potential rooftops as he calls it. There's only 70 potential users along that route. Some businesses but many residents, I think they're probably 30 percent business and the rest resident residential.
2: Okay. And then just for people who aren't aware, GWI is, I believe it was originally, um, short for Great Works Internet. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, they're one of those local ISPs that I think we, we all wish that many of us had a choice to choose from because when we're stuck with the big companies, we sort of forget how good customer service can get from a local company like that.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they they were very helpful and stepped up. Really, got behind the whole idea of this is a different model, and let's you know let's see if we can make this work. I mean, there, there, there were challenges, but um, we all worked together and figured out how to make this work best. You know, it's an experiment uh, which that we're all hoping will work and we will get more expansion of the of the network here, because where where the 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 line comes in, it's the densest populated area in Rockport so you can cover a lot of rooftops in a small distance
2: one of the questions that I have is, you know, knowing Maine, it's a, uh, you know, you've got that New England, um, Yankee conservatism in the sense that, you know, you had this money, um, that you used for it was actually tax, tax money that had gone unused. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious how, you know, with so many citizens not having access to this fiber line, is this, is this still a very supportive community for having spent the money in that way? The
0: money that was used, the tax increment financing, it's money that the, the, the town decides at a certain point in town, time, they create this geographic area and say, we're going to um, put money into this geographic area. We want to put money in for infrastructure.
2: Often to revitalize a community where you know, exactly. there may not be jobs and that sort of thing. Exactly, right.
0: You establish a value at that point in time when you create the TIF district, and then all of the new tax money that comes in, that captured value, if any new money comes in, goes into this uh, TIF fund and gets to used to, for infrastructure improvements in that zone.
2: Right, and this is, TIF is short for the Tax Increment Financing.
0: Right. So basically, you know, uh, one of the challenges uh, you know, that we had, it wasn't a big challenge, but back when they created this Tax Increment Financing District, uh, fiber was not an option. You know, up here, it wasn't. It wasn't even on our horizon at that point. So it's not listed as one of the um, uh, one of the things that we could use the the, the money for. You know, the, there's things like sidewalk improvements, um, burying power lines. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff is the is the normal stuff. Fiber wasn't one of the things that was listed. And um, so we had to go back to the voters and and get a change to the tax increment financing district um, to include the language that allows the the money to be spent on fiber expansion. Also get the authorization to spend that money, which the voters overwhelmingly supported.
2: It's always interesting to get a better sense of of how these things work out because you know, you see a headline: first municipal fiber network in Maine. It is a it is a big deal, but it's also a sense I think that you know you're you're doing what you can, and you'll learn from this. And then you know, in two years, who knows what will happen?
0: For me, this was it, it was all about economic development. The downtown village, um, close to the harbor, is. Um, seeing a resurgence and a revitalization, and half the village that's there, you know, half the available space isn't built yet. There are two, two fairly large uh, multi-story buildings that will be built up, um, that, that will be available, and from my point of view, having those buildings and the existing buildings all have the capacity for fi- high-speed fiber makes them much more um, attractive. For uh, developer and also um, for potential tenants.
2: Definitely, we've seen that in a, a number of other communities as well.
0: The, the buildings that will go in there and the existing buildings that are there have a view of the most spectacular harbor. I, I think I'm a little biased, but on the main coast is 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 Rockport Harbor. So you you know the, the op- if you had your office on the third floor or fourth floor or fifth floor of that building, you get a a spectacular view of Rockport Harbor and Penobscot Bay. It doesn't get much better than that.
2: (laughs) No, no, having seen both, they are beautiful. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about uh, the network or the town?
0: Uh, No, it's just um, that it's a, you know, it's a beautiful place. And, you know, somebody could come here, do business at a really high level and be in a place that they loved being with a good school system and be able to, access the internet, and also access transportation systems and be in a place that they love. I think that's what's important that we capitalize on that.
2: I think so. And one of the things that pops to mind, actually, even though I gave you an opportunity to to finalize, I want to ask you one last question. And that's, how have uh, any of your neighbors reacted to this? Have you talked with other local town administrators?
0: They're kind of shocked, I think. <laughs> They're kind of shocked that it actually happened. Some said this could never happen. Um, So there's there's a a little bit of shock. Some of the, it seems like it's mostly the community development people and the economic development people. It and go, oh my god, yeah, this is that is a big deal. We're not going to be exporting from Maine, we're not going to be manufacturing things and exporting them around the country and around the world um, like we used to. And we'll always export the things that are uniquely Maine
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: and some of the other things that we that are unique to our area, those things will always be part of our economic engine. It's not the new thing that's going to keep us sustained in the future. We need to be able to export other things that we can do over the Internet, and it's kind of that data-driven work that can happen here. It can happen as well here as any place else in the world.
2: Well, it sounds like you've also inspired those around you, so that's, that's always a good dynamic to see not just that your town has a good idea, but hopefully the region will pick up the idea and run with it, and you will all benefit.
0: You're exactly right. It's a region, and Rockport on its own, is not going to be able to survive without Camden and Rockland being successful. And we're we're kind of all together here and we're all kind of on an island and there's Lincolnville and Hope and Union and all the small communities. That's one of the beauties of this area is that you can you can be in a kind of an exciting small city in Rockland or Camden is a you know exciting town or, or Rockport, but then you drive a mile and a half inland and you're in rural, really rural countryside, blueberry fields and farms and cows. And so the idea is that hopefully, as a region, we will start to be seen as as a place where people could live, learn, work, and play.
2: Well, thank you so much for
1: coming on the show.
0: Okay, great.
1: Be sure to check out our story on Rockport at muninetworks.org. Please send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Community Nets. This week, we want to thank the Bomb Busters for their song, Good to be Alone, licensed using Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and have a great day.